Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Nonny Podcast, a show that this time last week we probably didn't think was going to happen, but we've decided we're just going to plough on regardless. We're brought to you in association with, as always, our good friends at Workforce Dimensions Limited. And uh, yes, it's, uh, it's a bright, sunny day, but <laughs> you don't know that because you're not allowed outside. Uh, as always, I'm John Phipps, and on the line now is a man who has to go and get his cheese. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I'm I'm still at work at the moment, so I've popped in a couple of hours in the morning to keep the cogs going. Yeah, but I'm fine, John. I hope everybody's out there is um, fine as well in these um, crazy shit times. How is um, life in? Uh, obviously, you've got that little escape of getting out, but ha- how is life at home with, with the kids being off school and everything? Um, yeah, they've been doing their homework. Like I say, I've been working in the mornings the last few days, so. Um, you come back and have you done your homework? Of course we have, Dad. But yeah, they're not too bad. They're pretty good. So um, my wife is quite busy because she's a, ma- a manager, so she's got decisions to make and things like that. So we, we worked from home yesterday, but I've got to make sure we have difference. When we realise that we can't be in the same room, sort of thing. So I'll have to move. We'll have to work out my working arrangements when when I go home in a couple of hours' time. So, but yeah, it's, it's not too bad at the minute. Thanks, mate. Are you finding the commute's quite pleasurable at the moment? Um. Uh, it's not too bad. Um, we're doing okay. Um, yeah, there's nothing on the road. There's nothing, nothing too much on the road anyway. So I think people are sort of staying in. So I only live about eight minute drive from work anyway. So it's just if I go in at eight o'clock, it, there's not much on the road anyway. So yeah, so it's a lovely day though. So I need to. But it's supposed to get really cold at the weekend. So but it's just it's just a bit bizarre isn't it really <laughs> it certainly is it's, it's very strange times i mean we're obviously abiding by the uh by the rules and we're not going far obviously essential journeys only we did as we were just discussing before we started recording this we did head up um to a supermarket uh yesterday and it was actually very pleasurable if you put all the all the supermarkets in colors uh you've got green blue dark green i suppose uh and um and orange there's also other ones matt that you probably won't be familiar with um the budget ones but um we went to the we went to the orange one uh, and they've got a queuing system up outside only a certain number of people in the store at a time limits on how much you can buy and we managed to get some absolutely prized merchandise because we managed to get some toilet roll so the shops are there they are looking after people they are making sure that the opportunities are there but don't go out there if you don't need to i mean we we probably reckon we've got enough food now to survive for a month if we need to so we're 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 moderately getting there but i mean we're not married and we've been it's been like a week and divorce already seems like a good idea (laughs) yeah i think um yeah it's just everybody's sort of stressful and anxious so you've just got to sit back a little bit and then go from there really so but yeah it's just occasional group hugs would be good but my wife might have to stay in for 12 weeks we think she might get the letter so you know that's going to be tough on her at least i can maybe get out and get to the shops and walk around the blocks it might be a little bit more tough for her this staying out for 12 weeks thing um i i Again, I'm no medical expert, but I don't kind of get it. What would the knock-on effect for the rest of you be? If she's got to stay in for 12 weeks, would, would there also be a, a, an effect for the rest of you? Uh, I don't really know. For me, um, I, I can come and go. It's more, um, I don't know about the kids, to be honest. We thought about going for a walk yesterday at six and Sarah was going to come out, but we decided against it because it's too cold. But I, I, I don't think, I don't. you know, when you see the news and things, I don't think she's too keen in going out. So, but it... We can walk around the garden and stuff like that, and I've got to mow the lawn. So, um, so yeah, it's just 
yeah, we don't we don't really know. If she doesn't get the letter, she'll be okay. But we think she might do. But when that comes out, I know certain people who I know who've got things have had the letter. So, and of course, my mum and dad, my dad not being too well, that's they're locked in. So it's just a education of them using FaceTime. Press that button, mum. No, don't press that. Oh, you've gone, mum. Sort of thing. But it's quite funny at the end of it. But they're working it out. So now my mum's got an iPhone. She's got a better iPhone than I have. So uh, <laughs> she's quite happy with that. But it doesn't. I think she just basically knows to answer a call and to end a call. But yeah. We tried to video call my mum and dad once. I can't remember where we were, but I think we were away somewhere and we tried to do it. And I think we kind of decided it wasn't worth the hassle. I don't think they quite understood the way that they had to hold the phone so we could see them. Yeah, yeah. So we, we do sort of see a lot of pictures of the um, of the wallpaper, <laughs> but there you go. Um, obviously, this is a good time to, to catch up on your viewing, though. So, um, new series of Brooklyn Nine Nine starts tonight. So, I'm looking forward to that. I was going to say that I will be watching that from nine till ten, and series six is coming on um, Netflix on Saturday, which we will watch again because we're watching it. I mean, my daughter's now watching it. But my eldest daughter's into Nine Nine as well. So, um, yeah, that will be my nine till ten tonight. Is uh, the new series of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is very exciting, and of course, Sunderland Till I Die is out next Wednesday. Brilliant. So if you've seen the first series, I'll be all over that like a rash. Did you watch the first one? Oh, well, I have. I have watched it. It was the first thing I watched when we got Netflix. And uh, I'm sure I've mentioned him before, but uh, one of my closest friends, Andy, is a Sunderland fan. And um, I text him at the start saying, well, when I was watching the first, the very first episode, the first five minutes, I was like, cool, I've just got Netflix watching this absolutely hilarious comedy programme. Because literally the, at the start, they're all standing there going, this is going to be our year. We're going to get promoted, and I, I was just gone. I was just wetting myself laughing, laughing because I knew they were. It was going the exact opposite way. So, no, yeah, this, I'm hoping for some comedy gold moments, and I'm sure there will be um, plenty of stuff out there. So I finished watching the Amazon one, the Australian testing, which I really enjoyed. That if you've got Amazon, watch that. The, the, the test of Justin Langer, of course, former Dover cricketing legend. Um, <laughs> That's what he's best known as, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I, yes, I've always followed his career. So, and one of the things is my mate, actually, uh, one of my good friends, Neil, who lives in Doha now, he actually ran out Justin Langer. So oh. That is his claim to fame, playing some cricket game. Because when Langer was doing it, you know, when he comes home, he played every game, and he actually ran him out. Actually, he was back with him and ran him out. So Brilliant. Not many people can say that they've run out of Test opener. No, um, I, I have a recommendation of a television drama as well that uh, people should watch. I would even go as far as say must watch. Uh, it is on. It's been aired on BBC Four. It just finished on Saturday. It must be available on iPlay. It's called Hidden. Uh, the second series it was finished uh, on Saturday. Uh, it, the first series was incredible. The second series was very good, but not perhaps as good as the first. Certainly not the ending. However. You must find this program. It is a Welsh uh, drama. So half of it is in Welsh. So it is subtitled. So you need to be able to read. Um, so ho hopefully it'll be all right for you, Matt. Um, There's not that one where he's on BBC as well with the one with the yellow coat, is it? No, 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 no. That's called um, Keeping Faith. This is oh, called okay. Hidden. Uh, and right. it is amazing uh the first series is just the the end of the first series was genuinely edge of the seat stuff uh the second series is just really dark but definitely definitely watch it we've watched the whole second series over like three or four days this week because it is just it is amazing so it's called hidden uh it should be available on iplayer and i would really really recommend that you watch it i've just done some uh, very swift editing there as matt joe was trying to organize a game of office crickets over the phone um, but uh, yeah, so that, that is definitely my recommendation, uh, 
hidden as something to watch. Anyway, uh, it is our 116th episode this week. Uh, Sam from Workforce Dimensions Limited asked me uh, to point out that that is the number of grounds he has seen football or Premier League football on, which is fairly impressive. 116, don't you think? Very impressive. I've been to some... I probably should... Well, I might have time in my hands to work out what grounds I've been to, so... Um... Do you know there's an app that you can get that you can yeah, put? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not one of these people. Maybe when I'm older, let's go and do the 92, whatever it will be, or the 94. Premier League teams are going to be net going forward. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I do like to see. What, sometimes when you're on the telly and you see things. Oh, I've been there. So, uh, from that point of view, so 116, very impressive. I'll have to work. I'll have to update my my list of the 92 because obviously there's been some changes. But I'm in the 70s somewhere. I was. I used to be in the late 70s, but obviously teams were relegated and promoted. But I might, in these times of boredom, I might have a look and, and try and update it. Cool, yeah, impressive. And, and, and yeah, what's the best ground I've ever been to? I have to say, um, the Olympic Stadium in Berlin when I saw the Dortmund v Bayern Munich German Pokal final, which is probably in my top three games I've ever seen. Um, that is an un- unbelievable stadium. So uh, I thought that was quite impressive. I mean, I've been to the, the bird's nest in Beijing, which is quite something. Um, the Dragao in Portugal, a uh, very good stadium as well. Uh, and obviously I've been to Crabble, so... Yeah, which is the second greatest game <laughs> place in the world. Exactly. Uh, 116, Matt, is also... Um, a the name of a group who used to be called 116 Click, uh, 116 Click apparently, uh, a S- American Southern Christian Hip Hop Collective, originally from Dallas, Texas, um, apparently named after the Bible verse Romans 116, which obviously Matt, being a man of the of, of the church, you will be able to recite for me now. Um, I've got to that yet, mate. Oh, okay. Uh, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God until salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Yeah, I look forward to reading that. Yeah, let's know how you're getting on with. I mean, Romans is a, is a tough read, isn't it? Uh, it's one of the, um, the, 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 the that testament is one of the tougher ones. Yeah. Yeah, and also finally on one one six, it's the number of years that the Hundred Years' War actually lasted. So that's quite impressive. Yeah, that, who was that between? That wasn't between. That's the Roses War. Who was that between the Hundred Years' War? Uh, England and France. Oh, yeah. Did we win? Um, that's a good question. Are there any winners in war, Matt? Are there any winners? <laughs> Peace well. Peace out. Uh, victory of French House of Valois and its allies were the were the victory were the were the, uh, were the winners. So it looks like it was a, a home win. Uh, in in hundred years war. Um, anyway, let's move on then and talk about football, which is why we're here. Um, things have moved on a lot in the last forty eight hours. Um, really, I mean, uh, I maintain that I think we should try and finish this season wherever possible, uh, but it now looks like that is not going to be the case. With first of all, w- word coming out from uh, step five and six, so the scaffold uh, level um, that. They plan to stop the season. Uh, The Isthmian League then following suit and saying it's their plan um, that they also want to stop the season now uh, because of player contracts. And the National League, we understand, have now also said that they would like to to end the season and just leave it as it is. Um, The problem is going to be what happens next. Now, for me, uh, the the two options are allegedly uh, points per game scenario 
or going to be just make it completely null and void. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, it's got to be points per game because people have put blood, sweat, tears and money into this football season. I can't see any way whatsoever. And we, we, we can just say, oh, there was a virus going around the world, so we just not didn't bother. You know, if, if we were three or four games into the season, then fine. But we're three quarters of the way into the season. So it, it, it's got to count for something, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's. I don't think they will null and void it. I don't think. But it depends on what the Premier League. And I think going to the National League. I think they thought they would be. I think some of the teams still want to play, even though they said that they're going to abandon it. But points per game, if they do, would abandon it. But I don't think works in absolute favour because I think they would be relegated on that. But of course, there'll be legal ramifications from about forty so loads of different clubs. So I, 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 it's a difficult one. But I think maybe the Premier League or the Football League is probably going to side on their point their way forward and that will that will float down to the to the lower leagues where we are i think the big difficulty is with the premier league and the football league is is the tv rights isn't it because obviously they sky and, and bt and, and all these companies around the world have paid a lot of money to broadcast x number of games and if they don't get the chance to broadcast those games then there's obviously going to be knock-on effects but i know what when we've talked about this in the past, you've said ditch all the cup competitions and continue with the leagues. And, and I agreed with that. But if we're now at the stage where teams are saying, right, no, the leagues are over, I think we just play the cup competitions, end the leagues now and just points per game, the whole lot of it. Oh, well, if, if, if you're going to end the league, you end everything. I think basically that's it. And we decide from there. It will be a strange situation if the National League is kicking off on the 1st of August or whenever it should be and then the Premier League is still carrying on it will be a bit, little bit bizarre so if you're going to cull it cull it everything so there's no FA Cup winner and I feel for Corinthian in the Vars there because you know they've got to the semi-final of the competition and they might not ever do that again but if you're going to cull it from all over the place I think you've got to cull everything and wait till this is all over and then start again whenever we can Or is there a way with, with the Vars let's, let's be realistic about the Vars is there a way where August, September, if the season restarts then, the, we play those Vars games then. Because all those teams will be, so we, we won't be in the Vars in the early stage, wouldn't cause any problems, and we would have a winner of the FA Vars, and either Corinthian or Heaven and the teams in the other semi-final would get their day out of Wembley. Well, that's the logistics there, because play, of course players will transfer from various teams, so, you, you know, I'm not saying Heaven would, but we're kind of the basis, right, right, we'll just bring in all the best players who might have played in the competition before to get a chance out of Wembley. So you've got to look at logistics of cup tide and, 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 and contracts and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's just a, a strange situation to be in, to be honest. But so if you're going to cut it, you cut it from the top. And I, you know, I feel sorry for Michael Golden at, um, at Corinthian in that case, but I think that's the only way you're going to do it to make it fair on everybody. And obviously, the, the, the other thing you mentioned, Corinthian, there is I understand, uh, I haven't done these calculations myself, but I have seen the calculations that if it goes to points per game, then Corinthian are going to be the Scaffold champions. Uh, I wonder, would you have the same feeling of delight of winning the league now in, in these circumstances as you would actually winning it? Certain people that I would say, if they're doing points per game, yet yeah, they deserve to win the league. But 
there may be a question mark from other people about it saying maybe not necessarily being there, the champions but it's a very difficult situation but as I say you know this podcast is you know just a bit, a bit of fun so the most important thing is that you know people's lives continue rather than that and hopefully it will come back at one stage but let's get rid of this first. I think the difficulty is, in all seriousness, um, about the null and void versus points per game. Obviously, null and void would mean that the season doesn't count, that it's all wiped out. But it's all got to be the same. So whatever the Premier League do, I think that's what the teams at our league have got, our levels have got to do. Because you know, if if it comes down to it, and the Football League say, well, no, we've null and we're we're not saying the season's null and void, then that will give whoever it is, is it Stevenage, uh, a way to not be in the Football League. And then the team, but the teams who would have won promotion from um, the National League will be expecting to be in the league. Well, my theory on this is somebody from Berry's going to pipe up and say, well, if it's null and void, it means we're going to be OK. Look, we, we, we've got a house order. Can we come back in? And that causes even more problems. So, yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one, but maybe the FA needs to show some bollocks here, excuse my language, and um, try and solve this rather than the conjecture that keeps going on and on about it. Exactly. Um well, we'll move on. We've got something a little bit different for you now. So, um, because we, we basically decided we were going to do a podcast um, this week, r- before all the news came out, we actually decided we were going to do this podcast. So, we were trying to find something different uh, to do in terms of our uh, in terms in terms of giving you something, some voices, some different voices from us. So. Uh, between us, uh, we drew up a, a list of questions uh, that we wanted to ask to uh, to various non-league footballers. And uh, first man out of the hat uh, was Herm Bay striker Zach Anser. Uh, so I spoke to Zach on Wednesday morning uh, and asked him our set of questions. Our starting with, what do you love the most about non-league football? Well, probably just the, the atmosphere around the ground and it's quite authentic. But first year. Well, I've been at home being now for just under a year. Uh, the fans are fans that they're from the area, so I feel like it's, it's just more authentic and more organic. You get what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what's been the highlight of your career so far? Because you've had a good career so far, haven't you? Yeah, it's been alright. It's been about my non-league career. The highlight, um, well, I'd like to say, it would have been this season. It's just almost a turnaround. Uh, in the um, fortunes of the club, really, we started off weren't doing well. People were writing us off. We've worked ourselves into the playoff position as well, which is we don't know what's going to happen. It looks like it might be void, but that would have been a big achievement getting in the playoffs and trying to go up. And what about your your, your career as a whole? So obviously you you played for England as a young lad, didn't you? Yeah, I played for England at under sixteen, under seventeen level. That obviously that's probably the biggest. I would say my football league debut will be my, my biggest achievement. Scoring on my football league debut for Plymouth against Cheltenham, that was a big achievement. It would either be that or, my, or playing for England. Uh, overall, who is the best player that you've played with in your career? Um, training also, is that? Yeah. I'd say training would probably be Seth Fabregas. Probably the best player I've trained with. Yeah. Not bad. And who's the best player you've played against? The best player I've played against in the game probably be we played against uh, we played we played against probably be either Emery Chan we played against Emery Chan for England against Germany under 17s in the tournament. He was top. He was top level that day. 
Well, Raheem, Raheem Sterling was in my um, England team, but I played against him for Liverpool in the reserve game quite a few times, actually. One of them two. Uh, who's been the, the biggest influence on your career? Biggest influence? I'd say my, my dad, in a way. He's always just my family, actually. He's always supported me. Not, not like, pushed me, but always supported me and helped me with my decisions and what to do. And always just said, listen, just make sure you enjoy it because it's not a long career, regardless of what you do. Even... Even now, in my decisions of deciding for home base, if you think you're going to enjoy it there, then go for it. You get what I mean? Yeah, of course. And, and your dad, of course, was, was a decent player himself and had unbelievable techers, did he not? Yeah. <laughs> well, you thought he did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the best goal you've ever scored? I'd say the best goal probably in the Plymouth in the playoff semi-final against Wickham. Or it would be last season for higher that three bridges. There's no video of it, but it was the left foot off about, I don't know, 35 yards. Like, knocked the goalie. That was a good one. Or Plymouth against Wickham in the playoff semi-final. What's the uh, funniest thing you've ever seen on a football pitch? Funniest? Hmm. To be fair, the last game, the last game we played, <laughs> when... When George George dislocated his shoulder and he was trying, still trying to play on and the ball come to him and he's he's tried to underarm throw it out but he couldn't that was, that was, that was probably that was actually up there with the funniest thing like he's just got a dislocated shoulder he's trying to throw the ball out but underarm but it's two hands it's funny <laughs> Who's your best friend in football? My best friend in football um, right now that I'm in the team would probably be Kieran Kieran Campbell. I've known him since I was about eight. He used to play for the under sevens at my Sunday league team with Cray Wonders. So I'd say him, him, I've known him basically for my whole football career and life, but almost. And um, moving away from, from actually being on the pitch at the moment, do, do you have a job outside of football as a part time player? What, what do you do? Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a sports choreographer for a company called Sports on Screen. So, um, production company and film and advertising. So I'm a sports choreographer, so that we direct the sports side of adverts, billboard campaigns, films. So yeah, that's the industry I'm in. And also I do one-to-one coaching sessions as well. That sounds like an interesting job as well, so that's, that's useful. How, how do you relax away from, from the football pitch? Um, I'd say music really, Music really and other sports like uh, I enjoy I enjoy like the combat sports UFC boxing I don't do them but I enjoy watching them I watch all the interviews online and stuff like religiously so I'd say I relax from football with, with, with the combat sports to be honest it just takes my mind off it and when I see their kind of drive and, and they work harder than us way harder than us it's more refreshing for me and you say music as well is it, it, it yeah, music. What, what sort of music do you like I'm into a bit of everything, you know, reggae, R&B, house, like the Afro house is coming alive now in this country, so I'm into a lot of house music. Are you one of the ones who gets on the uh, MP3 player yeah. in, in the dressing room? Yeah, I bring, I bring my big boombox every, every every Saturday, home or home and away, and I'm the designated DJ. Some of the boys, get, get a bit, I get a bit of stick sometimes, but I think I'm doing a good job. Which of your teammates has got the worst taste in music? Worst, mm. sometimes 
Laws are the skipper. Um, Laws are he puts his on before I come in. Sometimes a bit, but I say the gaffer. Hundred percent the gaffer. Sometimes the gaffer puts on some awful stuff. <laughs> Who's the uh, worst dressed of your teammates? No, we, we haven't even had a night out yet to even, to even um, assess that. Um, don't know. I'd say the funkiest would be probably Bolo. He comes in with like a scarf and sunglasses every game. Rain, rain, rain or shine. So I'd say, I'd say for that reason, it'd be Bolo. Are you happy with how the season's gone so far? Yeah, obviously at the start we weren't, weren't good enough, but season we judged on how many games I looked like it was 38 games or whatever and now we're fifth so we've turned it around so I'd say yeah, we've got to be pleased with how it's going right now and hopefully it can get carried on I don't know if it is going to be but I'm pleased with how we've gone how we've kicked on and progressed we showed character we needed to to turn it around and I think long may it continue really what do you think is is the best way to, to to finish this? Do you think we've got to sort of sit there and 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 say now we've got to make a decision, or would you like to see them wait and, and see what happens? I like to see us wait. I don't mind playing in the summer. I don't mind. We've everyone like throughout all the teams across the country are putting this amount of work for it just to be like oh, that amount. We'll just cancel it. I'd rather wait. I'll take my summer off and not go away and whatever and play football. To be honest, the pitch will be better anyway, so everyone will be able to enjoy the game a bit more. It'll be a, it'll be a nice day. I don't, I don't mind it. I'd rather wait, even if you have to wait for six months, I don't mind. I just love football when I can't. I couldn't be like, oh, I'll turn, up, turn a blind, blind down this season. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, how are you keeping yourself occupied during this uh, isolation period? Well, I've been training still um, every day. I'll, Lucky enough to have a space in my um, back garden where, where I've been training. I literally finished training about 20 minutes ago, just before I replied back to your message. So, yeah, I've been training still every day, just keeping ticking over. Perfect. And just finally, so, yeah. tell us a bit about SE Dons, because I know that's a big part of your life as well. Yeah. Yeah, SE Dons is massive, really. Um, for me, um, about two years ago, before I signed for Hive, I stopped playing. I had, I had injuries, and mentally I wasn't in it. Like, I kind of had enough of the game. And then I, I just kept taking over and doing my rehab stuff for my knee, and I got approached by AC Dodgers to sign for them. And I said, "All right, cool, it's a Sunday league, Sunday league team. Let me just sign and see what happens." And then just by playing with them all the time, I got the kind of the love back and the bug back for the game. So without AC Dons, I wouldn't. I, I tell you, the truth, I probably wouldn't even be playing football right now. And it seems like so, you've got a good bunch of a good bunch of lads there and a good camaraderie, like real good friendship. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a it's a family. It's a family. So it's not a family club, but that's not a game. It's actually a family. Everyone puts in for each other and cares about each other deeply. And, and also, we feel like me personally, I feel like we're giving back in the local community in, in a different way that I never feel which is actually possible. There's people, there's kids that almost look up to us in a way of not like we're superstars, as they can, but they can relate. Do you get what I mean? They can come and watch our games every every Sunday. They can speak to us first hand every time they after the game ask us questions it's something for them to aspire to he's had quite a career Zach Hunter hasn't he Matt well, yeah I didn't know he was a bit of a legend down at Plymouth by the looks of it I need to do um, uh, well of course he's dad Andy Hans so um, thing that came out of that boombox John I liked a bit of boombox some of his music though didn't have a clue it was just a white noise and some of it his stuff he was saying that is just you know and I'm sure Ben Smith's probably got a bit of grip pop in there and so I'd be in the corner with Ben 
doing me Liam Gallagher impression rather than dancing to hip hop reggae <laughs> or whatever he said it was. So uh, yeah, but yeah, interesting career, interesting job he had as well. So um, and he's a goal scorer at that level. Clearly, he's you know he's had a go in the football league, played a decent level as a kid, but now he's um, you know other priorities and banging them in for Herne Bay is one of them as well. Yeah, I find it interesting when you, when you speak to players like that and, um, you, you know, who've kind of been at the top level and it, and it just hasn't worked out. And, and and he was very honest there. He said, you know, I completely lost my, my love for the game. I, I, I was going to chuck it in. Uh, but then he, he found his way back into into loving the game. And, and that is a, an interesting thing because it's it's such a conundrum, isn't it? When you're 16, 17, 18 and, and, and you're at a professional club and then it doesn't work out. It, it must be really hard mentally to, to bounce back from. Well, if, if, if all you've been doing as a kid is kicking football in, I, I know people who, are, you know, when I was a kid, who used to play Saturday, Sunday, Friday nights at five aside. I was never that good, but and they had a bit of a career, but then they got injured and drifted away from it. There's, there's many a stories of players who were top draw or better than players that you know made a career out of it, but have had injuries or fallen out of love. It gets a bit too much for it. So yeah, as long as and that's what the beauty of non-league football is. So. We know a lot of people who've made, who've got a good career outside football, who've had a good career in non-league football, and, and that's why we love non-league football as well. What it, what it gives to people. He talks about that SE guys. That's the Sunday League YouTube team, is it or something? Basically, yeah, they're um, yeah, they're they're big presence, and a lot of the players are players that we know. The goalkeeper um, who's at Herne Bay as well, Kamarasi. Um, I think uh, Ryan Palmer's there as well, and, and and a few other players, and and you know that is. Uh, it is a big thing that, it, uh, like you said there, it, it feels like a family to him to go and play there on a Sunday. And, and I think they, they do represent the, the, the area that, that they are and they really get involved with it. And, and you know, in some ways, what they do there is, is probably bigger than some of the stuff they do on a Saturday because it's just got so much engagement. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't really find I know I, Some people, um, I see about it, I don't really know what they do, but I think certain parts of London, the Sunday League, Hackney Marshes is quite a big event isn't it so um, yeah fair play to him he wants to play football play with your mates he gets paid to play football as well and, and get something out of it so um, yeah good luck to him it was quite an interesting uh, interview from that of course I remember his dad Andy had, so he was a quality player for South End wasn't he in that football programme he, he's been in a, yeah he was in, I think he was in the one um, the football's next star that Ben Greenhow won oh right yeah uh, as well he, as I think he's big in that isn't he yeah, he did. He did a lot on Soccer AM, and it was him who came up with the phrase "unbelievable techers." Hence, I mentioned it to um, to, to Zach there, which I'd imagine with Zach being probably a, a, a young lad that was that must have just followed him round something rotten. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, nobody's ever said "unbelievable techers." When I did the um, Lou Roll Challenge, John, I think I did too, and everybody laughed at me, so I, I won't be doing that anymore. Is there any vi- is there any video footage of this? Sorry, is there any video footage? There, there is. There is video footage of this. Yeah. The best part is me moved up. Is the best part is that me uh, moonwalking into it. Uh, I'll send it. I, I'd like you to put it on at Matthew underscore Gerard, please. No, I won't be doing that, but you can do that. Okay, send it to me, and it will go out on the podcast then, Twitter. Uh, let me just get it here. I'll do it from there. So a couple of my mates did it. Um, a couple of my mates are quite good at football, really. So I knew I wouldn't do too many. Uh, there we go. I'll forward this on to you now. Oh, great. This, this is great. You'll like the end bit. Let me just again. This is not great stuff, but let me find your thing. So you can actually listen to. We can watch it now, mate. Okay. I it if, if it goes in, the moonwalking is the best bit. Okay. About that now. Uh, I yeah, just, just, just you do your commentary on that, mate. Okay, I will do that right now. So here, uh, here it is. I'm watching the video right now. 
Uh, yes, he's moonwalked on. Nice shirt, Matt. Nice shirt. Uh, he's got his glasses on. He chucks it up. Fails once. Uh, chucks it up again. One, two. There it goes on the floor. Uh, nearly falls over. Oh, and drop kicks it away in a tantrum. Nice commentary from his daughter. You'll be able to see that shortly on the uh, Kent and L podcast Twitter as well. Because uh, if you, what's the point of having that footage and not being able to use it to humiliate Matthew? Um, okay, yeah. yeah, very good, mate. Very good. I'm, I'm glad you uh, glad you sent me that. I haven't done the toilet roll challenge myself because I didn't actually have any toilet roll. But uh, I may try it later on and see how we go. But that seems unlikely. Yeah, one of my mates, he can't actually do it because every time he gets a toilet roll, his dog starts eating it. So there you go. So that's one of his excuses. He can't do it because every time he puts a toilet roll out, the dog tries to chew it up, and that's more, worth more than life itself, toilet rolls at the minute. Isn't it? Well, exactly. It's our number one currency. Um, I suppose at some point as well, Matt, we've drawn up this list of questions. We should probably try and look at um, some of them. So, um, well, so I suppose what's been your favourite non-league football moment then? We'll, we'll just discuss that one for, for today. Um, of course, it'll be Dover. Uh, one of my favourite ones um, was when David beat Cheltenham in the FA Cup. One uh, nil, Conor Essam scored about eight minutes to go. I've probably got the commentary, which I can probably send you on that, which is one of my highlights of that. Beverick's left-footed, cross into the penalty area. France is headed towards goal, comes to Essam. Essam shoots, and Essam has scored for Dover! Conor Essam has done it! There's eight minutes to go, and Dover in front! Cheltenham nil, Dover won! It's Conor Essam, the skipper! Oh, Dover going to be in the third round of the FA Cup! They've got eight minutes to hold on! A finish from the edge of the penalty area! Cheltenham nil, Dover won! And there it is! Dover Athletic has done it! They've reached the third round of the FA Cup for the second time in four years! Conor Essam is the hero! Dover in the third round of the FA Cup! Can they bring out a big boy? They've done it! Dover Athletic have beaten Cheltenham by one goal to nil in the third round of the FA Cup yet again! satisfaction that we knew we were getting to the third round and you scored with eight minutes to go and the buzz of being in the third round of the FA Cup was a, a big thing for us then so yeah, that was it but I've had plenty of plenty of things but one of the good things I would say that you know I grew up on the terraces at David when I was what 10, 12 we used to, we used to win every week 4-0, 5-0 things like that so um, going forward that'll always bring me back um, good memories so and, and friendship I've got now that have gone forward from there, really. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose to me, obviously, uh, my journey into non-league football is probably slightly different from yours. But um, I, I suppose cover, uh, covering Margate and Ramsgate, I, I really, really enjoyed. So I suppose uh, Margate actually getting promoted um, was uh, was a brilliant, brilliant um, day up at... Uh, they played against Hendon up at Harrow Borough. Um, it was just fantastic because we'd had the delay to the playoffs after... Uh, an eligible player and we didn't know when the playoff was even going to be played and eventually it got arranged and players have rearranged their holidays. They beat Dulwich Hamlet 2-1 on the Thursday to reach the final uh, and that was they, they, they didn't play their best and then obviously it was an away game as well in the, in the final and uh, they, they nicked it, they won, they won the game and, and the celebrations at the end were, were just absolutely fantastic and I'll, I'll always remember um, sort of other people being around there but because I'd covered the team so much I, I was just able to walk into the bar and say right I want you 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 and I, I think I spoke to every single Margate player that day 
and uh, the images of Ryan Day, who I know is, is not in the best of health, Ryan, but I uh, hope you're keeping well uh, in these difficult times, Ryan. Um, the images of him being, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying, absolutely legless uh, <laughs> as, as he celebrated that promotion up to the uh, National League South uh, was uh, was an absolutely fantastic day. And I suppose that's probably um, my highlight. But, you know, what I really would say has been the highlight of my non-league things is is getting to know all the people that, that I do know um, through this, through that we've found through the podcast mainly, you know, that I never would have thought there'd be managers I just would text just to see how they are and, and you know, and, and get their thoughts on things and, and you know that that kind of relationship that we've built with with people through this podcast and you know that kind of shows you and I suppose the best thing about non-league football is the people and uh, that you know we're so lucky that we've got so many good people in good clubs here in the county. Oh yeah, yeah. I say it every week. People, some people say that. Um, Kent's not a hotbed of football, but clearly it is because of the passion that people have got it out there, and you know the passion that people give to their club. If you're a, if you're a player, your manager, or even your uh, you know you're volunteering, they love their football club and whatever level it is, and fair play to them all. And I know everybody's missing their football at the moment, but it's enjoyable when he comes back. Um, it'll be even more enjoyable. And I suppose that kind of brings it full circle and the effort that all of those people have put in is why, as far as I'm concerned, we can't just say this season is null and void. We've got to find a way of saying, right, no, you have been the best team over the however many games you've played, therefore you've been promoted and people have got to get their day in the sun and, and their rewards for all the effort they've put in. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, this, this, this hopefully the FA can sort this out. You know, the, the arguments on social media from various clubs is not very becoming I think and uh, it needs to be solved pretty quickly I think really it certainly does well um so yeah you've heard Zach answer Zach answer answer our questions um if you are a player out there or even a manager and you'd like to answer those questions as well then please get in touch uh, you may have one of our mobile numbers just drop us a text uh, or you may be able to uh, to send us a message on Twitter. Uh, we are Kent NL Podcast on Twitter. So send us a message if you'd like to answer our questions uh, and you know tell us which of your teammates is the worst dressed and has the worst taste in music. We would love to hear from as many of you as we can as we try and keep uh, spirits up, uh, certainly our own spirits, even if it's nobody else's, uh, during these times of lockdown. Um, as I just said, we are on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. I am at John Phipps 81 Matthew is at... Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, so do give us all a follow. We're on Facebook at Kent Non League is the place to find us uh, on there as well. Uh, do keep in touch. Let us know what you're doing as well uh, to alleviate the lockdown boredom. And uh, yeah, we will try and keep going uh, as often as we can over the next few weeks. But for this week, uh, that is the end of the Kent Non League podcast. And we will speak to you very, very soon. Yeah, stay safe, everybody. Look forward to speaking to you next week.